Amen. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Debbie. That reminder, back to the cross. That's what we all need to focus on and what we need to remember and where we need to put our eyes on because this world's got a lot of bad news, a lot of things that can really beat us down and discourage us. Uh, I'm glad to echo off of what Marlene mentioned about that movie. It's got Kelsey Grammer in it. Uh, it is a really a, a docudrama or a movie about the 1970s and the Jesus movement as it came to be known when these former hippies uh, got filled with the Holy Spirit and it changed a culture and it actually led out of that the uh, contemporary Christian music movement. Uh, a lot of good things came out of that and so uh, I would encourage you to go see it because we all know there's enough junk on TV and enough bad things and so Christians, we've got to do our part when there is a wholesome movie, when there is a good movie with a Christian message, we need to do our part and, uh, and, and go to that. And support that. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open them to Job, the book of Job chapter 29. As you're turning to Job 29, I don't know about you, but you know, speaking of all the junk on TV and all the things, sometimes when, when we go through these things, it causes us to look back and to kind of get nostalgic and, and to long for the days gone by. Uh, back to the way things used to be. I, I don't know about you, but, but I sometimes reflect on all that has changed and, uh, and all that has happened and just in my short life. And I know that for many of you, the things that you've experienced and the things you've seen that you thought, well, that'll never happen. You know, it'll never happen where we don't know the difference between male and female. That'll never happen. Uh, it'll never happen where, you know, you, you, you have all this stuff going on. We, we tend to... To reflect and get nostalgic and look back at the way things used to be when Johnny Carson used to put us to sleep at night. Some of y'all don't know who Johnny Carson is. Ask your grandma. She knows. Uh, these, these late night talk shows now, these late night shows are just nothing but political hack jobs and they're, they're not even funny. Uh, maybe to put it in better perspective. I even miss Conan O'Brien. I thought he's a funny guy late at night. But uh, we long for the way things used to be and how simple some things were and and we remember when Bozo was a clown and not somebody in the White House. Amen? Um, sometimes we reflect back on the way things used to be. Audit me. I don't care. Uh, we reflect back on the way things used to be. And, and really, uh, you, can, you can tend to, to allow that to really discourage you because, okay, so when you look back at the way things used to be, there's also that humbling thought. It'll never be like that again. I, I don't know about your family, but the, the dynamics of my family changed when, when grandparents started dying. Some of the traditions that we used to have uh, kind of faded. Uh, we, still, we still try and make my Granny Melba's cookies every Christmas, and Eloise does a great job at that. But at the same time, when grandparents pass away, some of those traditions like going down to their house or having gatherings for Thanksgiving, when, when the grandparents started passing away, things started changing, and we didn't realize that they were the glue that held all that together. And uh, as, a, as a new grandpa, as a pop, uh, I'm trying to, to, to establish some routines. Hayden and Kelby are doing great, by the way, and Sutter and uh, Hudson are doing wonderful. We're excited that they're home. Hayden is back in the pulpit today, this morning, as a new papa. 
so he is uh, in that pulpit, Emmanuel, and the church has been very encouraging and supportive of them. Continue to pray for, for Kelby and for those babies. Everything's going good, though. But when we look back and reflect on the way things used to be, and we see some of the traditions aren't there anymore, some of the things that we used to do, just we don't do. Do you ever wish, when you reflect back, do you ever wish you could be as close to God as you used to be? You ever maybe went to a youth camp or a revival or a tent meeting? For some of you that remember what a tent meeting was. Uh, you, you think back to those days when you were just on fire for Jesus. You were filled with the Spirit and you were excited and, and God was working in your life. And you felt that intimacy, that closeness to the Lord. I've got good news. If you long for that, if you know that it's not what it used to be and you have that longing, unlike when we look at society and when we look at some of the traditions in our lives and we know we'll never get back to that, I've got good news. When you look back and you realize that you're not as close to God as you used to be, if you'll respond to that conviction, God will get you on the path to get you close to Him like you used to be. And it may not happen at a camp. It may not happen at a tent meeting. It may not happen at different things. But if you sense that you're not as close to God as you used to be, I've got great news. The fact that you even sense it and know it is a great sign. Open your Bibles, if you haven't already, to Job 29. We're going to begin reading. If you would stand, that's one way that we honor God's Word. Job 29. Job continued in his discourse, saying, If only I could be as in months gone by, in the days when God watched over me, when His lamp shone above my head. And I walked through darkness by his light. I would be as I was in the days of my youth. When God's friendship rested on my tent. When the Almighty was still with me. And my children were around me. When my feet were bathed in cream and the rock poured out streams of oil for me. When I went out to the city gate and I took my seat in the town square, the young men saw me and withdrew while older men stood to their feet. City officials stopped talking and covered their mouths with their hands. The noblemen's voices were hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths. When they heard me, they blessed me. And when they saw me, they spoke well of me. For I rescued the poor man who cried out for help and the fatherless child who had no one to support him. The dying man blessed me. And I made the widow's heart rejoice. I clothed myself in righteousness and it enveloped me my just decisions were like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy and I examined the case of the stranger. I shattered the fangs of the unjust and snatched the prey from his teeth. So I thought, I will die in my own nest and multiply my days as the sand. My roots will have access to water and the dew will rest on my branches all night. My strength will be refreshed within me and my bow will be renewed in my hand. Men listen to me with expectation, waiting silently for my advice. After a word from me, they did not speak again. My speech settled on them like dew. They waited for me as for the rain and opened their mouths as for the spring showers. 
If I smiled at them, they couldn't believe it. They were thrilled with the light of my countenance. I directed their course and presided as chief. I lived as a king among his troops, like one who comforts those who mourn. If you know anything about the story of Job, or if you've been with us in these past several weeks, you know that Job had really gotten beaten down by friends and by circumstances, that he was really in a low place. And now he's reflecting back on the way things used to be. And he's thinking about how, how he used to be of honor, and now he's of bad reproach. Now he's talked down and criticized. So he's reflecting back on the way things used to be and yearning to get back there. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts today. Comfort us with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Give us the wisdom that we need to discern, the guidance and the leading to listen to and to obey. Father, watch over us. We thank you for the service that we've had. We thank you for meeting us in this place where two or more gather together. There I am in the midst. What a blessing. What a promise. Father, move in a powerful way today. Don't allow us to just sit and soak. But allow us to be moved and changed and to go out of these doors and do something. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Job remembers what it used to be like. He helped people. He shared his wealth. He was a very wealthy person. He was very respected, widely sought after. He remembers when he used to walk into the city and the, the elders would stand and the nobleman would cover their mouths. It's a sign of honor. He remembers what it used to be like. He was respected. And I think it's healthy. And I, I think it's not only healthy, but I think it's necessary to reflect and to review. We live in a culture today that wants to erase our history. We want to tear down statues. We want to rewrite history. We, we want to change the names of streets. Uh, we want to change the name of parks because they may have been named after a general from long ago. As if changing names of streets or changing and tearing down statues does anything to history. You cannot deny history. And those of us who fail to learn from our history are doomed. We're destined to repeat it if we don't learn from our mistakes. Yes, there are mistakes in history. I'll never forget, uh, over on the East Coast, they used to have this statue of Christopher Columbus. And oh, when it all came out about him, they tore down, they vandalized the statue first. And then they tore it down because they said, why would we honor somebody like that? Why? Because regardless, uh, last time I checked and looked in the mirror, I've got failures, I've got shortcomings, I've made mistakes. But I'm still a person. And if you're Christopher Columbus and you lived your life and yet they take a snapshot. How many of you know sometimes a snapshot of you ain't any good? How many of you know sometimes an instant picture of you is not your best angle and your best lighting? So now you want to take a man's life who, who, who served his country, who sought the new world, and who, uh, let's be honest here, crossed that, that transatlantic mm -hmm. and went through all the hardships that he faced. But you want to take a snapshot, and because political correctness, you want to destroy a statue, tarnish a reputation. I think it's healthy to learn from history. I think it's healthy to reflect on your life and my life and our culture and our history as a nation. Amen. 
But now we live in a generation that wants to change history, that wants to tear down statues, that wants to rewrite stuff. Do we not realize we're setting up a future generation to fail? You think renaming a street will change anything? You think tearing down a statue will accomplish something? Our culture is ashamed of things in our past. And there are, there are generations of people being brought up today to not be proud to be an American. They think that's a, a foreign concept. We shouldn't be proud. We've done a lot of terrible things. We should be ashamed. We should be embarrassed. Not too long ago, there was a president who said for the first time in his wife's lifetime, and at that point she was 50-something years old, and he said for the first time in my wife's life, she's proud of America. Because, why? Because her husband got elected. So that's all that you can be proud about of a country that has a 245-year history? That's all you can find to say, oh, that was a good day. That's a good moment. When your spouse got elected, that's the only time you... <clears throat> Job's longing for his past reminded him of this intimacy that he once had with God. He was looking back on the way things used to be and recognizing it's not that way now. If you're here today, like I said earlier, and you recognize you're not as close to God as you once were, then that's actually a good sign. With that... that uh, awareness in your heart that you're not as close to God that is a wonderful conviction to have because that means somebody misses you. <laughs> somebody misses you. Somebody notices you've missed your daily appointment with God. The fact that you even feel that is a wonderful sign because what we don't want to happen is you get used to being distant from God and a callus develop in your heart and in your ears to where you can't hear Him, you can't sense Him. That's a dangerous spot. Job at this point has not allowed the circumstances of his life to dim his hope and to dim his reflection on the past. He still remembers what it used to be like. He still remembers when he was honored and respected. Some of you, when I ask that question, are you close to God as you used to be, some of you would have to honestly admit you've never been close to God. And listen to me. I'm glad that you're willing to admit that. That's a wonderful starting point. That's a wonderful place to recognize today that there's never been a point in your life where you've been born again. And Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die. And most of the time, nobody wants to go through the step. They just think it's granted to them automatically. I'm a good person. Are you really? Okay. Let's reflect. Let's review. Let's look at your life. Oh, no, I don't do that. I want to keep it out. I'm a good person. <laughs> if you've never been close to God, you're in a great place today. You're in a great starting point because you can say, Okay, I, I, I want to have that. I want to have that closeness that you're mentioning. It's just something I've never felt. It's something I've never done. It's something I've never experienced. That's a wonderful place to be as well. You know something is missing. You know things are not as they should be. And I'm glad that you acknowledge that. Think about this. You're driving 
and all of a sudden you realize something isn't right. Uh, you're out of town on a trip, but you know that you are heading in the wrong direction. You know that at some point you were looking for a turn, and you know that you keep hearing this irritating voice, recalculating, 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 recalculating. Hey, hey, shut up. I can't think what you're talking. One time we were trying to find this house, and my day job with probation and parole, and uh, whoever I was driving with, I think it was Garrett, Lisa, he had it set up on his phone, uh, this, this, this female voice, and she kept saying, you know, turn left at the light. And at one point, he went into the settings, and I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm changing that. I don't take directions from a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, when GPS keeps recalculating, when GPS keeps saying, make a U-turn, make a U-turn, make at some point, you've got to recognize I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm going in the wrong direction. And with that recognition, when you swallow that pride and you either stop and ask for directions or finally listen to the GPS voice, be it male or female, or in my case, I have Arnold Schwarzenegger that tells me what to do. <laughs> if any of you have the Waze app, there's a, there's a, a filter on there, and I've made it Arnold, and he always says, head to the chopper. <laughs> I love it. I really love it. Well, you have to recognize, you have to recognize I'm not going where I thought I was going and I don't like the direction I'm going, so I, I need to change something. You need to listen and obey to that before you are in a terrible side of town and cannot do something about it. You need to listen to that still small voice sometimes and go, you know what, I don't know where I'm going and I'm heading in the wrong direction and I don't like it. And I'm, I'm going to listen and I'm going to obey. Because the danger zone is when you tune it out, zone out, and you ignore, ignore, ignore. Then all of a sudden, watch this. According to Romans chapter 1, he will turn you over to your flesh that you've been listening to and ignoring the Spirit. He will turn you over and now you will not have that conviction. Now you will not have that response. And that's the danger zone. In 1964, the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers played a very historical game. Defensive end Jim Marshall, I hate that your mama ain't here, because Jim Marshall was from Ohio State. So you would think that someone from Ohio State University would know directions. They don't. <laughs> Jim Marshall was the defensive end, and in that game, he played for the Minnesota Vikings in that game against the 49ers. That defensive end, he picked up a fumble on the field, and he ran 66 yards. And he ran into the end zone, and in celebration, he threw the football out of the end zone. The problem is, you're going the wrong way. He ran to the wrong end zone, and as much as he celebrated, and as much as his pride said, look at what I did, look at what I did, I picked up a fumble, fumble as much as he was celebrating it, when he crossed that line and went into the end zone, because he was going in the wrong direction, because it was the other team's end zone, it was a safety. Now the good news is, if you're a Vikings fan, you mean a shoulder, if you're a Vikings fan, 
<laughs> Minnesota actually wound up winning that game against the 49ers. But Jim Marshall tells the story that on the plane ride home, his teammates picked on him bad. They just cut him down one way and then the other. And at some point, one of his teammates looked at him and said, Hey, Jim, 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 go to the cockpit and fly the plane. So instead of us landing in frigid Minnesota, we'll be in sunny Hawaii. <laughs> Celebrating as he's about to score, and he turns and looks to wave at somebody boom, and hits the goalpost. Don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that runs in the wrong way and doesn't even realize it until it's too late. It's a dangerous place to be, very dangerous. So, today, are you going in the right direction? Are you as close to God as you used to be? Have you ever? walked with God. Let's pray. Dear Most Gracious Heavenly Father, this is the part of the service that we call the invitation and it's where we invite people to respond. They can respond by praying. They can respond by leaving their seat and coming to the altar and praying. They can talk to me or Brother Larry who will be standing down here. They may have questions about walking with you. <coughs> about being a member of a church, about baptism. They may have other questions, and that's why we stay down here Sunday after Sunday. And still there may be others who <clears throat> haven't ever come to a place where they started walking with you. They've learned about you. They've heard about you. But today may be the first time that they actually realize that they don't have that relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and as Savior of their life. So... I know this, without that, then they're always going to be walking in the wrong direction because life is a journey that ultimately leads to eternity. Life is a journey that ultimately leads to eternity. So without Jesus, you are heading into an eternity without Jesus, a place of darkness and torture. So we want to give people an opportunity to respond. Have your way in this invitation, God. Speak to hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand?